ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد when we look at how Allah describes the attitude and the approach that we should have as it relates to this life as it relates to the dunya Allah uses the specific term for walking Allah says in Surah Al-Mulk, فَمْشُوا فِي مَنَاكِبِهَا وَكُلُوا مِنْ رِزْقِهِ وَإِلَيْهِ النُّشُورِ Everyone has to take action, everyone has to put in the time and effort, everyone has to put in the work to work in order to make a living. But the specific verb that Allah uses is to walk. But then when it comes to focusing on a much more significant, important and momentous priority Allah uses different specific terminology for this life Allah says walk but then for the akhirah for the hereafter Allah uses different terms and initially when someone first goes through the Quran they may not notice these nuances just like if somebody for the first time if they're in the middle of the desert and they look up at the night sky and they see this amazing scene of all of these incredible stars just beautifully carpeting the canvas of the sky in front of them initially there there's this feeling of being awestruck that wow this is amazingly beautiful and you notice that the same thing with the quran when you first connect with it you notice how powerful how majestic how beautiful it is that's at face value but then over time what starts to happen as you gaze longer and longer at the stars as you learn more and more about the stars you start to notice different constellations you start to notice different patterns in the sky and it's no coincidence that in surah al-waqi'ah allah says fala uqsimu bi mawaqi'i an-nujum wa innahu laqasamun law ta'lamuna azim innahu laqur'anun karim allah mentions the placement of the stars and how significant of an oath it is and then Allah mentions the Quran. This is no coincidence because the ayat in the Quran are very similar to the stars in the sky. There's a lot of beauty, there's also a lot of guidance. You know, back in the day before Google Maps and all this technology, when people especially if they were sailing at sea, they would rely heavily on the stars to navigate their way. How else are they going to know where they're going specifically? So they would rely heavily on the stars. So there's a lot of guidance, there's also a lot of beauty. The same thing with the Quran. There's incredible guidance, there's also incredible beauty. So at face value, there's a lot of benefit we can take from these ayahs individually, but then when we zoom out a little bit and we reflect on this as a constellation, then there's an added layer of depth that we can walk away with. Regarding this life, Allah says walk. Regarding the next life, Allah says run, Allah says rush, Allah says compete, Allah says flee. So th there's this added layer 
of, of, of haste, of importance. For this life, Allah says, walk. For the next life, Allah says, وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ Go quickly, seeking Allah's forgiveness and seeking Jannah. In Surah Al-Hadid, Allah says, سَابِقُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ To compete with one another when seeking Allah's forgiveness and hoping to go to Jannah. May Allah gather all of us in Jannah, Amni Rabbil Alameen. Notice the difference in terminology. Everyone has to, Allah says in Surah Al-Qasas, وَلَا تَنْسَلْ نَسِيبَكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا Don't forget the work that you have to put in for your dunya. Prioritizing the akhirah does not mean somebody slacks and lacks regarding their effort regarding this life. There's a need to roll up your sleeves and go put in work to earn a halal living to, to support not just yourself, but more importantly, your family. That work has to be put in. So it's, it's not to be overlooked and it's not to be forgotten. It has to be put in its proper place. Sometimes if somebody puts too much focus on the dunya, that needs to be pulled back a little bit. And then if there's no attention paid to it, everybody still has bills to pay. Right? We, we still have obligations that we have to work for. So Allah puts it in its proper place. Allah didn't say sit. Allah didn't say run. Allah said walk. Regarding this life. But regarding the next life, Allah says rush. Allah says go quickly. Compete. فَفِرُّوا إِلَى اللَّهِ This is reminding us what we should prioritize. And you notice something. In the ayah in Surah Ali Imran, وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى What's the first thing mentioned? مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ Rush quickly, go quickly seeking the forgiveness of Allah. If we want to end up in part two of the ayah, we have to focus on part one. وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ وَجَنَّةٍ عَرْضُهَا السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ أُعِدَّتْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ If we want to end up in the part two, if we want to end up in the jannah that's mentioned in this ayah, we have to prioritize part one. We have to seek forgiveness from Allah. This is a reminder for myself first and foremost. I have to seek forgiveness from Allah if I hope to end up in Jannah. It's not free. So notice the difference, notice the contrast. Sometimes we may flip things. We run and we hustle and we rush and we compete and we flee regarding this life. But then when it comes to the next life, maybe we'll walk. Maybe we'll take a few steps for the sake of Allah. That's the exact opposite of what Allah Himself is telling us to do. It's the exact opposite. When it comes to getting up at five in the morning for this life, we're more than willing to do so. To wake up, to put in work, to put in effort, to study long hours, to do this, that, or the other, to invest money regarding this life, we're more than willing to do so. For our kids' secular education, we're more than willing to save up six figures to help them go to this college or that university. Good, do that. Walk for that. But what are you running for? What are you really prioritizing in your heart of hearts? You can't hide that from Allah. We can think to ourselves that, oh, of course I'm doing this. The easy thing is to think to ourselves that, oh, of course we're walking for the dunya, running for the akhirah, rushing and competing for the akhirah. It's easy to tell ourselves that. But what matters much more so with Allah Azza wa Jal is not a claim, but a reality. What does Allah tell us in Surah Al-Baqarah? It's a scary concept, but there's nutrition, nourishment, and nectar that the believers still will take from these types of ayat. Allah warns us. 
ومن الناس من يقول آمنا بالله وباليوم الآخر وما هم بمؤمنين. It's a it's a very it's a very blunt ayah. It's a very jalali ayah. Allah is 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 expressing His Majesty, His power, His authority in this ayah. Allah is talking like this because Allah can talk like this, and Allah has the authority to say this. Allah says there are some people. So think of the hypocrites in Medina. We ask Allah to save all of us from hypocrisy. Think of the hypocrites in Medina. Think of how deeply they hated the Prophet ﷺ and the companions. So much so to the extent that immediately preceding the battle of Uhud, Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul, the, the chief, the head of the hypocrites in Medina, the Muslims are already outnumbered three to one. Three thousand to one thousand. He intentionally joins, he has 300 of his men, the Muslims are already outnumbered 3 to 1. And intentionally, intending to destroy the morale of the Prophet and the Sahaba anhum, he pulls away just before the battle with 300 of his men. So now the Muslims are outnumbered more than 4 to 1. He gave, you know, whatever phony excuses, but his intention was he wanted to pull away. He could have just not gone in the first place, but he did to show support externally, but internally, he wanted the Prophet to die in that battle. He wanted the Sahaba to die on that battlefield. And he showed that and proved that with his actions. So he pulls away with 300 of his men, 30% of an army when they're already outnumbered three to one. You can do the simple math. What was his intention? It's very clear. He pulls away with these people and he gives whatever phony excuses. What was his intention though? He wanted the Prophet and the Sahaba to be wiped off the face of the earth. This wasn't a casual thing. Immediately before battle, he pulls away with these people. So regarding these types of people, Allah says, you know, there are some people, they say, they claim, they express, notice something, words. The claim is there. But Allah Azza wa Jalla is saying with full authority, the claim is there, but the reality is not. The claim is there, but the reality is not. Allah says that there are some people, they say they believe in Allah on the last day. They claim Iman. But then Allah says they're, they're not at all believers, period, whatsoever. So this is a warning for us. Okay, what can I do to protect myself from ending up in this situation? Because the harshest ayah in the Qur'an, in connection with Jahannam, is not explicitly referring to Iblis, is not explicitly referring to Abu Jahl, is not explicitly referring to Abu Lahab. What is the harshest ayah in the entire Qur'an? 6,236 ayat. What is the harshest ayah in the entire Qur'an in connection with Jahannam? Who is it referring to? إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ فِي الدَّرْكِ الْأَسْفَلِ مِنَ النَّارِ وَلَنْ تَجْدَ لَهُمْ نَصِيرًا إِلَّا الَّذِينَ تَابُوا Allah says, for the hypocrites, for these types of people, they're claiming this, but their reality is not there. So go through the Qur'an, comb through with the fine-tooth comb. What does Allah Himself say? What are the signs of the believers? And what are the signs of the hypocrites? This is an internal discussion. What some people love to do, unfortunately, they go and they take these ayat and they want to they fling them left at right at other people. Oh, that person must be this and that person must be that. What about internally? 
our deen teaches us step one is to always look internally. When Prophet Yunus ended up in the belly of the whale, what was his immediate response? He didn't make dua against his people. He didn't curse his people. He didn't complain to Allah Azza wa about his people. His immediate response, and we should take note of this, لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إني كنت من الظالمين إني كنت من الظالمين There's no God except Allah. Allah is perfect. I made a mistake. This is teaching us, step one is to look internally. What was the response of Prophet Sulaiman We find this in Surah An-Naml. When he didn't find this, look at the, the, the eyes of precision of this incredible leader. He noticed he has this massive army. And what does he notice? He notices this tiny bird is not there. The hood hood is not there. Even within his response, you find something powerful. What, what, what did he say specifically? The first thing he said, مَا لِي مَا أَرَى الْهُدْهُدْ Internal reflection, introspection. I don't see the hudhud. I don't see this bird. Did I miss something? Did I miscount? Step one was not to blame someone else or to look externally. This is to look internally. So when I reflect, what's the condition of my heart? My heart is between me and my Lord. What's the condition? What is the reality within my heart regarding my approach regarding this life and the next life? For a lot of people, for a lot of Muslims, when it comes to somebody, if they're a doctor, if they're an engineer, which is good, mashallah, there's so much respect. Good, there should be. But then unfortunately for the same people, when it comes to the imam, the sheikh, the Islamic studies teacher, they treat them worse worse than anyone else in their lives. You tell me whether or not that's a sign of iman. You tell me whether or not that's, that's the character the Prophet left us with, sallallahu alayhi wa That the sahaba radiallahu anhum embodied. Is that the legacy that they shed their blood, sweat, and tears to leave behind? No, not at all. Allah is telling us when it comes to this life, yes, respect it, put in work. Put in the legwork. Walk. But it's walking. Regarding the next life, Allah uses different terminology. And the first thing, وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ سَابِقُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ To seek the forgiveness of Allah. Seeking forgiveness from Allah. Making istighfar. Taking that courageous step to swallow your ego and to ask Allah for forgiveness for anything and everything. In addition to that, to ask other people for forgiveness. Some people, they'll ask Allah for forgiveness a thousand times a day, which is good, no question. But then when it comes to wronging their spouse, wronging their kids, wronging another person in the masjid, wrong, wronging the imam, the sheikh, whoever, they'll never apologize. So you tell me whether or not there's real fruit that they're gaining from their istighfar or not. Are they really benefiting from their istighfar or not? A sign that their istighfar is fruitful is that they're not just willing to ask Allah for forgiveness, but they're also willing to ask people for forgiveness when necessary. This is one of the conditions of tawbah. That if there's someone that you wronged, if there's a creature of Allah that you have wronged, you have to find a way to make it up to them. And regarding this concept, Allah uses terminology that indicates importance, 
There's a sense of urgency. That red light is going off. That alarm is blaring. Whenever you think of that type of imagery, it's extremely urgent. It's a life or death situation oftentimes. This is the terminology that Allah is using to teach us what we need to prioritize. Walk for this life, but rush, compete, move quickly for the next life. No one is saying that it's easy to, to, to force your ego, your nafs to sit down so you can stand up for your own benefit, for the benefit of your akhirah. To figuratively stand up for your future self and to lower yourself and to ask Allah for forgiveness. And when necessary to also ask people for forgiveness. These are things that Allah values. These are things that reflect the reality of a person's iman, of a person's heart and soul. What does Allah say? Of all surahs in Surah Al-Munafiqun. What does Allah say? Do they make istighfar often? Or do they rarely, if ever, make istighfar? وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ تَعَالَوْ يَسْتَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ Not just anyone, the Prophet لَوَّ رُؤُوسَهُمْ وَرَأَيْتَهُمْ يَصُدُّونَ وَهُمْ مُسْتَكْبِرُونَ What's amazing is when you look at the next ayah. What, what does the first of these two ayahs say? And if they're told, because they caused the, the Prophet a whole lot of problems. The Muslim community a whole lot of problems. Look at the, the, the story of Al-Ifq, the slander of Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha. Who, who produced the first spark that resulted in this wildfire of immense pain? For the Prophet, Sayyidah Aisha, and those close to them, the, 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 the believing community. It came from a hypocrite. They wanted to cause problems to the believers. Look at the ayah, Some people, they flip that. They're extremely tough with the Muslims, but then with anyone else, they're just easygoing and nice and polite and respectful. They give the best for them and then the worst for their, their fellow Muslims. This is literally the exact opposite of the Qur'anic message. What is the Qur'anic message? Love each other. Be kind to each other. Be merciful to each other. This concept is not just supposed to be contained at the time of the Sahaba. We're supposed to live it too. Let's be merciful to each other. The Prophet taught us. He also gave us the glad tidings and warned us all at the same time when he said, none of you will enter paradise until you believe. And none of you will believe until you love each other. So if we're serious about wanting to make it there, then while we're here, there has to be that immense, deep sense of compassion, love, forgiveness for each other. In Surah Munafiqun, what does, what does Allah say? And if you tell them, come to the messenger, he'll seek forgiveness for you. You messed up, but let's try to fix it. They turn away arrogantly. They turn away arrogantly and, and they're just completely pompous and full of themselves. Now they claimed one thing, but their reality is completely different. They did not care about being forgiven. They could not care less about tawbah, about istighfar. Internally, from themselves or externally, the Prophet asking Allah to forgive them. They could not have cared less. And then what does Allah say in the next ayah? سَوَاءٌ عَلَيْهِمْ أَسْتَغْفَرْتَ لَهُمْ أَمْ لَمْ تَسْتَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ لَا يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَهُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَهْدِ الْقَوْمِ الْفَاسِقِينَ The most forgiving, الْغَفُورِ الْغَافِرِ الْغَفَّارِ 
When you find multiple names, multiple words in any language regarding something, it clearly indicates significance. There are multiple names regarding Allah being so forgiving. The most forgiving is saying, for these people? No, no, no. Whether you, as much as Allah love the Prophet even then, Allah is making it very clear, even if you, the most beloved of Allah even if you ask for their forgiveness, whether you ask or you don't ask, they're not going to be forgiven. So when the most forgiving is saying that, you know that it's a serious issue. You know that they really messed up. So how can we protect ourselves? How can we make sure we don't end up in that situation? To soften the heart, to make istighfar. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم An action item that I want to encourage all of us to think about is to take this theory and turn it into practice It's not just about learning that asking Allah for forgiveness is good it's not just learning about how forgiving Allah Azza wa Jal is. It's not just about learning about the consequences that may come about if a person does not make istighfar. Because as forgiving as Allah Azza wa Jal is, غَافِرِ الذَّنْبِ وَقَابِلِ التَّوْبِ شَدِيدِ الْعِقَابِ Allah is forgiving. Allah accepts tawbah. Allah accepts repentance. He's also strict in punishment. He's also tough in punishment. So there, there, there are these parameters, these broad p- parameters that Allah has given us and it's up to us, how are we going to navigate things? We want to take the theory and take something from it and put it into practice. So today, let's make istighfar. Today, let's ask Allah for forgiveness. Today, let's turn to Allah and sincerely ask Him to forgive us, not once or twice or thrice, but over and over and over again. And who's really going to benefit from it? We are. If we've wronged other people, make today the day that you go and apologize to them. Call them up and apologize to them. Send them a text, apologize to them. In person, apologize to them. Everyone knows their situation best. The point is to reflect. Now, what am I preparing for tomorrow? Because if we're only focused on the dunya, on this life, then naturally we're going to sacrifice tomorrow. So Allah teaches us balance. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنًا Yes, but then that's only one-third of the dua. What are the other two-thirds? وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنًا وَقِنَا عَذَابِ النَّارِ I want to conclude with, with one, last, one last point, inshaAllah. Out of the entire Qur'an, Abdullah bin Mas'ud, radiallahu anhu, one of the greatest companions, he, he specifically, his opinion was that this specific ayah was the ayah that gave the greatest hope. In Surah Al-Zumar. Why do I want to mention this? Because right now some folks here may be thinking that, okay, Allah is forgiving, Allah is merciful. It's good to ask Allah for forgiveness. But what if my mistakes are so great that He's not going to forgive me? What if I'm too bad to be forgiven? What if my mistakes are too horrible and tremendous to be forgiven? What if I cannot even imagine being forgiven? 
Forget the reality. It's too hard for me to even imagine it. Allah says, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَتُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ ذُنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Allah tells the Prophet والسلام, to tell us that he is saying, قُلْ and then quote that Allah is saying, يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ O oh, my servants, which refers to all of us, who have wronged themselves, which refers to all of us. O oh, my servants who have wronged themselves. Ya ibadi alladina asrafu ala anfusihim. If you make a mistake that's between you and Allah, you're not wronging Allah, you're wronging yourself. And if you wrong somebody else, you're wronging both them, but ultimately also yourself. Because you have to answer for that come the day of judgment. And if you don't fix it now, you have to pay for it later. I'd rather fix it now. So Allah is saying, O oh, my servants who have wronged themselves. يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Do not despair in the mercy of Allah. Who's telling us this? Allah Himself. Allah Himself is telling us this. Do not despair in the mercy of Allah. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ ذُنُوبَ جَمِيعًا Allah is saying there's no doubt that He's willing to forgive any and all of our mistakes, any and all of our sins. But we have to ask Him. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ ذُنُوبَ جَمِيعًا Allah Azza wa extends His hand during the day to accept the repentance of those who sinned at night and vice versa. It's there, but are we doing our part? Are we willing to rush towards the forgiveness of Allah Azza wa Allah said, don't despair in the mercy of Allah. لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ ذُنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Look at the emphasis in just these few words. There is no doubt that He is the most forgiving, the most merciful. That's the bare bones skeleton of a translation. The point that this ayah is clearly making is that we need to rush to Allah. We need to ask Him for forgiveness, beg Him for forgiveness. And if we've wronged other people, we need to ask them for forgiveness too. We need to ask them for forgiveness too. And then the ayah after this, because a person may think, Allah is so forgiving. Okay, so let me go party it up Friday night. Allah is so forgiving, let me go cheat people. Allah is so forgiving, let me go do this and that. In the very next ayah, you have this perfect balance, this precise balance in the Qur'an. The next ayah warns us that, وَأَنِيبُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ وَأَسْلِمُوا لَهُ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ يَأْتِيَكُمُ الْعَذَابُ ثُمَّ لَا تُنْصَرُونَ So there's still the, there's the hope, but there's also the fear to keep things in perspective. We ask Allah to forgive each and every one of us. We ask Allah to forgive all of our mistakes, the major mistakes, the minor mistakes, anything in between. We beg Allah to forgive each and every one of us. We beg Allah to forgive all of us. We ask Allah to increase all of us in guidance. We ask Allah to forgive all of us. We ask Allah to shower His mercy upon us in this life and the next. We ask Allah to protect us in this life and the next. We ask Allah for His bounty in this life and the next. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasna wa fil akhirati hasna wa qin adhab al-nar. Rabbana la tu'akhidna inna sina aw akhtaqna. Rabbana wa la tahmil alayna isran kama hamaltahu ala alladhina min qablina. Rabbana wa la tuhammilna ma la taqata lana bi واعفو عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين وأقم الصلاة